Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yeah, I really believe that the topic that we're going to talk about today is really going to set some people free and be able to move them into, you know, their calling and purpose in Christ. So before we get on to the topic, why don't, as we're talking about, you know, living on mission, we talk about Passion to Reach sometimes. Why don't you let all of our listeners, if they're like, how do I get connected with Passion to Reach? Are there opportunities for me to be a part of this ministry? Why why don't you give our listeners a little information on that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Emily, one of the things that uh, that we're really passionate about here at the ministry is allowing people to find uh, opportunities for them to to see what God's gifted them with. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it's not, you know, I'm not going to quit my job tomorrow and go into some sort of a ministry position, but I want to volunteer some hours. I want to learn. I want to develop certain skill sets that I really think God wants me to work on uh, because that's connected to my mission. Right. And so here the ministry, we have uh, an internship program that talk that gives people an opportunity uh, to to really do that, to get mentored mm-hmm. and to uh, to really just put their skill sets out there and allow themselves to to grow and develop in those areas, and really at the end of the day, impact the lives of people, make a difference in the lives of people and in churches uh, in the Greater Toronto area. So, if you're interested in uh, exploring internship opportunities, uh, please. Please contact us at info at passion to reach.com and uh, we would love to get in touch with you and get you more information. Great. Well, today we actually don't have a guest on our podcast, but we are going to be talking about a subject that I think um, at some point, if you, you know, no matter what your past looks like or when you became a believer in life, we all have situations where we've gone through something mm-hmm. and we have a hard time maybe overcoming it or getting through that. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the topic we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. Emily, I know we don't have a guest, but uh, you're sort of our uh, resident expert when it comes to this <laughs> yeah. stuff. So we're excited about hearing what you have to say on this topic. But, you know, friends, I've been thinking about uh, this idea of... Things, I guess, like secrets or skeletons in our closet. And it sort of come up with the whole movement that is happening in our culture with people coming out about abuse. Mm -hmm. Obviously, more specifically, sexual abuse. And I don't really want to get into the politics of it or any of that. I, I just had this thought, you know, as I've been listening to, you know, person after person, uh, mostly female, a few males as well, that have come out and said, you know, this happened to me. Somebody did this to me. They took advantage of me. They they found me in a in a in a moment in my life where I was you know, I guess, open to uh, being intimidated and being cornered. And, and I gave in to something that I didn't really want. And yeah. and since then, it, it's really affected me. It, it sort of haunted me. It's, it's always there. I can't forget that day or that moment or those mm-hmm. few instances. And, and I started thinking about, well, imagine all the things that people hold uh, inside of them and how yeah. it eats away and it, yeah. and, it, and it hinders them and it stops them from being everything they could be right? right so so not just sexual uh abuse issues or abuse in general but even mistakes you've made right, right. i've made that that we've made decisions when we were probably a little immature and and if you really haven't dealt with those things then 
you begin to um, live the rest of your life through the lens of your mm-hmm. past and what happened to you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, growing up, I went through people who have heard my testimony on a previous podcast and through other means. You know, I grew up in a Christian home but had a really rebellious stage in my life. And I remember the moment that I came back to God and just his, that moment, he I heard the words that, like, you're either with me or you're not. And the idea of just God's... Um, God's love on us and how much he wants to take us out of that place. But I had to go through a whole process of really like I was made fun of. I was overweight. I was bullied growing up. So people had like these harsh words that they spoke over me. And I remember having to literally, um, you know, get those out of my mindset or what I would think when I would look in the mirror or and those things. And then it carries into become something like when you look in the mirror, you believe it but now you feel God's calling you to something and you're believing those things as well so it grows in terms of its severity of what it holds you back from you know and so I had to go through this process of this renewal. We're going to be talking about renewing our mind. But, you know, in Romans 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the That's only right. way we can be truly transformed from that past is to renew our mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always think about it in terms of, you know, I remember so clearly I, you know, had, uh, you know, was overweight. I came into a relationship with God and I actually started to lose weight and so physically I felt better but also mentally because of what I had was um, you know soaking in God's word I was understanding my identity uh, as a child of God and how God saw me and then I remember years later of like having having kids and gaining weight again and going through an experience where I just felt started to feel this lack of confidence, a lot lack of ability, a lack of identity, a lack of feeling like I was that God would call me. And so many years later after having kids and I remember thinking, wow, like what happened? Was I not actually transformed? Was I not, you know, and I remember the Lord saying, I have redeemed you. Now you need to renew that, right? Like in every day you need to renew that because this is the thing, the enemy, when we make mistakes, when we've, when people have hurt us the enemy is a liar so mm-hmm. he will come and bring Uses those that. things up yeah. and that's what happens the closer we're getting to our call the closer we're getting to our mission the more the enemy wants to whisper these things and if he can whisper things that had happened in your past or something that you did do then that's what he's going to use against you but when we can renew our mind when we can come to a place where every day we're soaking in the word and i remember i had to say that's who I was. That's not who I am anymore. This identity, this identity of someone who didn't feel, you know, worthy, who was incapable of doing things, who, you know, man thought was incompetent. I had to say that's who I was. That's not who I am anymore. And even in Ephesians 4, you know, uh, Paul's talking to the Gentiles. He's saying that is no longer who you are, that you need to walk in your new self. So putting off that old self can be really hard, but it's not a one-time thing. It's something that we need to do on a continual basis as we move forward in relationship with God and as we move forward in our call with God. 
you know, one of the things that I think is a reality for a lot of people is sometimes, especially when you're younger, you begin to define your life a certain way mm-hmm. based on your experiences, based on, you know, what you've done. I, I, I sort of, um, I'm just, as we're talking right now, I remember this analogy that somebody made of um, tying an animal. I can't remember what it was, if it was a dog or if it was an elephant, I think maybe it was. And the idea that you chain it to this pole and it tries to break out of the circle of the radius of that, how far the chain will go mm-hmm. for a while. And it every time it tries, it, it obviously realizes it can't. And basically the analogy was that eventually if you take the chain off, the the animal, if it was the elephant or whatever, doesn't even try anymore because it now believes this is my future. Like right. I, I did try. I failed. And so now I'm not even going to give it a shot. And mm-hmm. a lot of people live th- their life that way. Yeah. They're like, I did try. I did make an effort. It didn't work out. I fell flat, flat on my face. People said all kinds of things about me. And so because of those things, I'm not even going to give it a shot because you know what? I don't want to be disappointed again. And so basically you begin to make decisions in your present based on the experiences of your past. So it's almost like your circumstances around you have changed. Mm -hmm. Sort of what you were talking about. You know, you have kids, you've grown up, you're mature and all that. But certain patterns of thinking and strongholds remain the same. And so now you're, it's almost like if someone was watching you, it's like someone, if someone was watching the elephant not try to walk away from the pole without the chain at this point, they'd Mm -hmm. be like, you're crazy. Why wouldn't you just walk out of it? But for that, for that animal, for that elephant, it's like, no, you don't get it. I've tried and I just don't want to go there again. And and so I think that's that's the reality for a lot of people. And it's unfortunate because God has placed such incredible calls and destinies in mm-hmm. so many people's that's lives. Right. And they just they just don't even give it a shot again because, again, going back to the idea of being stuck in the past. So I don't know, Emily, what do you what do you say to someone like that that's sort of struggling with that today? You know, I'm called to write, I'm called to sing. I'm called to speak I'm called to counsel I'm called to coach I'm you know but I you know let me tell you what what happened in school let me tell you how my siblings treated me or what my parents said about me or or even even my you know uh past in how I did take a step of faith I did you know try to start a business become an entrepreneur try to be a coach and then things just didn't work out the way I expected them to and so now I'm like should I even bother Mm -hmm. well what I'll say to start is our behaviors or actions are actually an outflow of our thoughts, right? So hmm. first and foremost, we need to change the way that we think. And that's when we look at the scriptures in Ephesians, you know, this is even what Paul's saying is like, um, he uses a term like they think like the futility of in their minds, the futility in their minds. And he's talking about non-believers, right? Right. So the idea is the futility of our mind actually means thoughts that don't get us where, are useless, bring, you know, are really dead in a sense, right? And so when we start to think these negative thoughts, they're useless. They're not helping us. We're not going to, our behaviors aren't going to change. Our actions aren't going to change what we do when we have these thoughts in our mind. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to renew our mind. We need to change the way that we think. 
And the best way to do that is to understand God's word and God's truth, right? When we're thinking God's truth, we're not thinking these useless, wasteless thoughts in our mind. And so, I mean, for me, one of the biggest things I dealt with because of my situation was identity. And so I had to really, that's where I had to go, okay, who am I in Christ? What is God's identity that he's placed on me? And I had to begin to believe those things. You know, we can read them in scripture. So for me, I started to actually replace, you know, you and and God's people or God's children or whatever it said and started putting my name in it. And really believing that those truths and those promises were for me and not just someone else, right? Because, you know, again, we can see a lot of us, even I grew up in church. So I knew scripture, I knew stories in the Bible, but really understanding that, um, you know, those are words that God has spoken over your life. So when it says that God has a hope in a future for you, he's saying, Emily, I have a hope in a future for you. Fanil, I have a hope in a future for you. You know, and so that's where we've got to begin to believe those and take on that identity as opposed to, oh, I was the failure that failed in my business. I was the fat girl that couldn't do anything. You know, I was the, um, you know, I was the divorced woman. You know, I think of, this makes me think of the woman uh, who came to the well, the Samaritan woman, when Jesus meets her at the well. And, you know, she's when she replies to Jesus, he's, he asks her for water. She replies and she starts to go, oh, but I don't have this. Or like her, her response to him was everything about, um, you know, why would you talk to me? I'm a Samaritan woman. I don't have the right thing to get the water. And he's ta- and Jesus is going, no, but this is what I have for you. And so that whole idea that it's actually a lot less about us and more about what God can do in our lives. So when we hold on to our past, we're actually, in a sense, not trusting God. So trust is a big thing of going, God, I'm... You know, some I do lack in this area. I do maybe have a weakness in this area, you know, but I trust that you are my strength when I am weak. Or I trust that you will equip me with, you know, that scripture that says I, he will equip us with everything we need to do his work. That's right. And so trust is a big thing of, of going, you know, once you understand that identity and you no longer have to, your thoughts are changing as in, okay, you know, I'm removing these labels people put on me. I'm removing these negative thoughts, these uh, mindless or useless thoughts. And now you can begin to go, okay, because I have that secure identity, I can trust God in what he's doing in my life and move out into that. And, you know, and just... I think of I think of this woman at the well and how she came for water and yet God provided her with so much more than just the physical need of water, right? He he says, you know, I am the living water to her and just that idea that there's this constant outflow from God to us of what he's willing to do in our lives. And so when we when we hold ourselves back because of our past, we're, we're actually t- completely neglecting what God has done in our life and that transformation that happens. No, I think that's powerful. And this idea of what God has prepared for us many times 
is has nothing to do with what we think we're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul says this, right? When in my weakness, he is made strong. Yeah. So this idea that what God has prepared for you really is exclusive to what your past has been like. Of course, God uses our natural strengths and abilities that he's gifted us with in the area of his call, generally speaking. But the it's not how good you think you are in it. It's, you know, what God says about you, what mm-hmm. God says you can do. You know, as you're talking, I remember listening to uh, uh, an interview uh, from uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, and he talked about how he wrote his first book. Now, if you know T.D. Jakes, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a prolific author. He sold one of the best Uh, selling authors in the Christian world. And his first book, I mean, nobody would publish it. Nobody would give him an opportunity. And I remember him saying how he talked to his wife and they cleared out their life savings so he could print uh, 5,000 copies or something. And then he literally started going out and selling these books, you know. And obviously that book was Woman Thou Art Loosed, which ended up becoming a huge, huge, huge success. Sold hundreds of thousands of copies and, uh, you know, became a best-selling conference and and, and I think even a movie and yeah. all of that, right? But the idea that here's a person that says, you know what, regardless of what people think I can do or I can't do, I believe in God's provision yeah. for what he has for me and I believe this is what he's called me to do. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it everything I have. Now, I think that's part of it, though. And I'm going to, you know, quote someone secular. I'm not saying that I subscribe to everything this person teaches. But I heard this a few years ago when we started this new initiative with our ministry. And uh, it's Tony Robbins. And he said this, which I thought was powerful. He said that part of the reason people fail is because they've already convinced themselves that there's a chance they're not going to succeed. And so because they've already told themselves they're probably not going to succeed, they hold back. They don't give everything. So meaning like, okay, let's take T.D. Jakes, that that example I just shared. He cleared out his life savings. Okay, so what someone would do is like, you know what? I'm not going to, I think it was $15,000. I don't remember the exact dollar amount. Say it was $15,000. You know what? I'm not going to clear $15,000. I'm going to take three. And instead of printing 5,000 books, I'm going to print 300 books. And, And so, what happens is we sort of talk ourselves out of really giving it everything we have. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't be wise. Don't talk to wise counsel. Don't pray about it. I'm not saying go clear out your life savings to do something entrepreneurial. But the idea that when we don't give it everything we have, Mm -hmm. it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's almost like because we didn't put maximum effort, we didn't get the optimal result, which then, you know, reinforces our initial premise that, oh, I knew this was not going to work or so-and-so told me it wasn't going to work. But, you know, Tony Tony Robbins' point was uh, you don't really know and you probably never know at this point because you didn't really give it everything you had, right? And again, it's not just money. It could be talent, time, commitment, you know, that kind of thing. But the idea that sometimes these things become, uh, you know, or put you, sorry, in a, in a position where you can't succeed yeah. because you just won't, you just won't commit yourself fully to it. And, and I think coming back to the word, I think what you do there is to say, listen, I'm going to give it everything I have and I'm going to trust God to add his strength in the areas where I can't and uh, and I'm going to trust him. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we lack trust in God, what happens is it's similar to what you're saying in terms of we have to think we have to think like 
all our ducks are in a row. Everything's, you know, if I'm going to spend this money, I have to have it. I'm not saying, again, we're not talking being reckless here. But the idea that, you know, doesn't mean that you have to be this perfect person or you never think of your past or you know like I remember having that moment where I was starting to think the same way I was thinking when before I was a believer and I was like feeling incompetent and now I mean I had been a believer for years I had kids I was a mother I was in ministry I was in leadership and all of a sudden having these feelings again and you know feeling like oh my gosh am I even should I be in leadership should I not you know and having these thoughts and that's you know it's so when we like think that our if our past wasn't good enough then um you know, then I've got to straighten all this out before I get there. But the idea of trusting God is exactly that, of going like, I may not have everything worked out, but I know if he's called me that in that process he will. Like, you know, I mean, I've started to write a book and I remember writing a topic on self-doubt and I got to the computer one day to type and I was like, I why am I writing a book? I don't have, I'm not even a good writer per se in a sense of like, I have an English degree, degree. And I remember thinking to myself, why am I writing? And I was literally writing the chapter on self-doubt. And I'm like, why am I writing a chapter on self-doubt if I'm doubting myself? So. And I remember hearing the voice of the Lord say, that's exactly why you should write this. Right. And so that idea that, you know, even now I have the ability to share my testimony at times and, and you know, talk with women who are dealing with maybe identity or something like that and our experience and those things can actually be used to move us into God's call to move us into um, God's mission for our life I think of like a Christine Kane who has a huge testimony of being abused when she was younger but what she's been able to that testimony has actually transformed people's lives and and so you know, and she always says, I was abused for 11 years of my life, but I'm now 50. So I wasn't abused for 39. So why would I let 11 years dictate all my 50 years, right? And so that idea of just going, God, I may not have things right. I may have had a past. I may have messed up something, but I trust that you will use that. I trust that that will be a part of my call and my testimony or being able to transform others lives and I know that if you're moving me in this direction okay I may not be you know may not have all this in order may not have this but I'm believing that you're leading me and then you will provide or you will qualify me or whatever it is so, you know, Emily, to wrap up, let's uh, let's go into the word. I know you want to share about this um, character person uh, in the Old Testament who had to redefine, just like you were saying, he had to redefine who he was and yeah. how he identified himself. And, and, you know, in a way, it was it was not just this, you know, idea of abstract idea in his mind it was actually his name that had been given to him uh and and how he had to sort of reinvent mm-hmm. himself based on the fact that he wouldn't want to live the rest of his life uh you know from the from the or through the lens of how he was born and what happened around the time that he was born yeah you know in um 
He's one of my favorite Bible characters, Bible people. They're not just characters, they're real people. But, you know, his story is so short. It is so, like, when you read it, you can almost sometimes pass by, except for, you know, there was the book that came out about it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if there wasn't, you could read it and pass by his story. But it's so powerful. And this is in 1 Chronicles, and it's the story of Jabez and his prayer that he prayed. But, you know, he wasn't um, someone who was in the, you know, a whole chapter in the Bible. It wasn't, it's not a huge story, but the things that they mention about him are so important in this idea of identity or this idea of the way that we start is not the way that we have to finish or, you know, what people put on us or mistakes maybe that we've made or what's happened to us in the past is God redeems us and our story can look a lot different when it comes to you know what we do and I'm just going to read the couple verses here, 9 and 10. So it says, There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. And then in 10 it says, He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. So imagine your mother naming you all about pain. Like you were painful. Like, you know, I think when I asked my mom why she named me what she did, but imagine the response being like, because you caused me pain. You know, so that identity as the way that he started his his life. And it, it says he's more honorable than his brother. So I always wonder if it's a situation like Joseph, where maybe he was a favored one and they didn't like him or they were out against, you know, he was kind of in this silo on his own. You wonder, right, if it was a similar situation like that. And yet it's funny that one of the parts of his prayer, he says, and keep me from trouble and pain. And then God granted him his request. And this whole identity, this whole idea, sorry, one, the first thing is that this prayer, obviously he came to a place where he believed God could redeem his life, that God right. could use him, that God had a purpose mm-hmm. greater than just being the person that caused pain. Mm-hmm. And his prayer says it, that you would bless me, that you would expand my territory, this idea of enlarge, mm-hmm. you know, my influence, mm-hmm. the purpose that I have, mm-hmm. right? So his words and his prayer acknowledge the fact that, okay, maybe this is who my mom says I am, but this is not who God has called me to be, and I know God has more for me. And then that last part of just, you know, he specifically asked for God to keep him away from trouble and pain, and this idea that God, uh, sorry, his mother had put this label on him and had identified him with this, and then it was the very thing that God kept him from. Mm. And so, you know, when we look at things in our past, whether it was stuff that we felt was done to us, whether it was stuff that mistakes that we made, whether, you know, and sometimes it's not even 15 or 10 years ago. Maybe it's a mistake that you made last week or last month, but you have allowed it to just build up this, oh, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not competent. We need to change the way that we believe God feels about us. Mm -hmm. And it's not as though in this one moment, God 
has forgotten his call that he has for us, or he says, you are no longer qualified. But we need to believe that God still has a purpose for us and can use and redeem those things for a greater purpose. And that's exactly what he did in Jabez's life and how this whole prayer has become, you know, like I I pray this prayer over um, the ministry, over my life, over my family's life of just because it's such a powerful um, request and, mm. and desire from God in your life. And so... Yeah, you know what? I I think that's powerful. And I want to encourage all of our listeners uh, to find that verse. Read it for yourself. Can you read out the verse again for us, Emily? Yeah, it's 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 to 10. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Read that. And you know what? Do what Emily just, uh, you know, said she does for herself is to read it over your life. If you feel that you're being um, labeled uh, by the past and by situations, circumstances, people, words spoken over your life, then read this prayer over your life and say, God, I don't want to be defined by those labels. I want you to expand my territory. I want you to keep me from trouble. Mm-hmm. I want you to do uh, the opposite of what has happened in the past. And I believe that God has new territory for you, friend. Yeah. I believe that God wants you to to explore things and to, and to experience things that you've never experienced before. You know, Emily, one of the things I love hearing is when someone says, I'm the first person in my family to graduate graduate mm. from high school mm-hmm. or graduate from college or get a university degree. I always feel like, yes, you've broken through because yeah. the next person in your family can say, you know what? We, this is who we are as a family, right? We get high school degrees or uh, diplomas or or we get we get into college or we get university degrees. And so you're, you're like the first one. And sometimes it's hard, but I believe that's what God wants from every one of us, that mm-hmm. we will be pioneers in yes. some area of of our life or our family or our ministry and our calling and i pray that for you as you listen to this podcast so with that thanks again for being a part of mission connect podcast as always friends we would love to hear from you email us at mission connect at passion to reach.com and please remember to subscribe on uh, either itunes or google play emily thank you for sharing your insights on uh, overcoming our past and being all that god's called us to be thank you Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.